On the Newman Jets Audio Network, this is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by Ascension Via Christi, Donlinger Construction, Pizza Ranch, Mel Hambledon Ford, Eck Agency, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Keystone Solid Surfaces, Big Corner Creative, and by Pepsi. Here's the voice of the Newman Jets, Blake Kreps. With the Labor Day holiday in the rear view, fall is right around the corner, which means if you are a fan of college athletics, this is the most wonderful time of the year. And if you're a fan of the Jets, then you are in the right place. It's the season debut of the JetCast. Will be your weekly look inside Newman University Athletics all season long. This is episode number 71, and it will also serve as the kickoff to season four of the program. We'll be with you nearly weekly until the end of the athletic year, of course, in May. And we'll be talking with Newman coaches and players. There's no better way to kick off the season of the JetCast than with the Dean of Coaches here at Newman University, and we're talking soccer as well. Cliff Brown entering year number 35 as the leader of the Jets, coaching the Navy and Red. Coach Brown, it is so great to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for being here. No, it's great being here, Blake. I appreciate it. Give us a real quick recap of 2021. I know that it wasn't the season that you wanted to have a year ago. What did you take away from that season? And what do you hope that your returners took away from that season that's going to help you get to better results and more competitive results here in 2022? I think the most important thing was kind of moving out some of the people that were not happy here and, and letting move on and didn't have the right attitudes and approach to the game that we're looking for. We had a very successful spring. We were very happy with the progress we made there. We worked hard to build a culture and a winning and a winning attitude back in the team. Small roster, and we had great results against teams that we'd had difficulty with before. So that kind of laid the foundation for what we're doing this year. So that's what we took from last year. Uh, th- that's something that's been happening in so many programs. We hear in the big revenue sports, men's basketball and football predominantly, but everybody, it seems like everybody's going into the transfer portal these days. How much does that affect soccer and other sports that maybe aren't at that highest level of attention? It, has it been as popular for players and how have you utilized it in your recruiting? Yeah, I don't directly use the portal. I mostly just check if someone that's transferring, if he's make sure he's in the portal before I try to speak with him. And in those cases, I always contact the coach first. That's the first thing I do to find out why the person's transferring, what kind of attitude that they had, because we don't want to bring a problem into the team either. Sure. And most coaches are pretty good about being honest about it. They, they may talk around it a little bit, but if they are, it's, it's pretty obvious because it's so biggest important thing for me is, is building that team culture back up. I don't know. I, I've talked to a lot of coaches and they've been through a lot of them have been through the same thing with institutionalizing transfers by putting the portal. It just makes it like everybody's shopping around all the time. And it's really changed it. And also coming out a couple of years of the COVID stuff that you just couldn't do those things, those team building exercises, those meetings and all the film sessions that you're allowed to do in the past. So you were never able to really pull those things together that you've been done. And most of the coaches I've talked to have really suffered the same problems. And I know that it, people will hear and look, and I think for a long time it's kind of been thought of as, oh, geez, well, if these guys are moving on or leaving, well, that's a negative thing. And I think certainly the transfer portal, one thing that it definitely has done, for better or for worse, is kind of, you know, bring in a different mindset of it's not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes 
moving on for players is going to be the best thing for them, and it could also be the best thing not just for the team that they're going to, but also the team that they left too. Yeah, no matter what, how much time you take in your recruiting and try to bring the right kind of character in, sometimes things just don't fit. And if it doesn't fit, it's best to part ways because I always tell every recruit, there's a school for you out there. There's probably more than one school out there, and if you don't get the right place, Make sure you pick the – if you do it again, make sure you pick the right place. And that's that's an important thing. Carlos Bayosta Manchon is going to be joining us next on the JetCast, and we'll wrap up the show with Joanna Pryor, Athletic Director for Newman, starting her fourth year. That's coming up in just a little bit. Give us a couple of guys who went through the trials and the tribulations last year, some key returners who you think are going to be able to step up and – be some goal scorers or, or maybe on the back end defensively for you, be some stoppers this year for the Jets. Right. Well, obviously, um, Carlos, my captain, who you're going to speak with in a little bit here, and he's been he's been fabulous. He's a very modest individual. Um, when he first came in, he wasn't fit to the – because the American game is much more athletic. It's a much higher pace. The substitution rules are, are different than what he's – in international and other countries, you're – you pace yourself through a game because you're going to play 90 minutes here with a substitution rule. You're in and out of the game sometimes. Sure. And that's a big adjustment for him. But he this year he came back even fitter than before. I mean, he, he's lost a lot of weight. He's uh, picked up his pace, his speed of play. We've kind of shifted his position a little bit this year based on the needs of injuries and eligibility issues. And he's really stepped up the plate. So he's one of the really important ones. I think um, uh, Samuel Mueller, who's a sophomore out of Northwest High School here in Wichita, he's going to be uh, very important in the center for us in the defense. Um, so those are probably a couple of the very, very important returning players. An 0-3 start to the year, but last time out, a 3-0 loss to Rockhurst. And it looked like boy, you subtract about a 10-minute period of that game, and it's just a nil-nil. What was the difference in that 10-minute period? And even with the three match losses, do you feel like you have seen progress from your team over those three matches? Oh, absolutely progress. We have 18 new players this year. And it's That's been, a lot. And it's been a lot integrating them into the program, getting them, uh, a lot of freshmen also learning the game. And that's including domestic and, and international students. We have quite a few out of Texas, one out of Oklahoma, Missouri, local players that came in. And it's just been a matter of getting everybody up to speed. Um, we've kind of approached, me personally, I've approached the non-conference games a little bit differently this year. Usually, you know, if you're ha- coming off successful seasons and you're, you, you want those wins because you, you're looking for maybe an at-large bid if you don't win the conference. But we're not in a position to even think about at-large bids. So these are really kind of developmental games. I won't call them preseason, but they're a chance to try players. Most everybody has played in every game so far, and getting games in their legs and getting used to the college game. So that's been important and really teaching them and implementing our system of play. I thought against Rockhurst, we, at the end of the game, we still dominated possession 56 to 44%, probably a little bit less in the second half than we did in the first half. Um, we had a little breakdown there. It's, it's been a problem with some direct balls down the middle that we've got to learn to, to handle those situations a little bit better. And some teams are willing to let us have that possession and look to counter on us. So we've just got to tighten things up. We have been working on it. It was We actually played pretty well at Rockers. We created some great chances. We've got to be better about putting away and more clinical with our chances. We had a great chance to pull it back 2-1 to one before they scored the third one. I think if we do that, then it's a different game. We had a couple of really good chances in the first half that we should have scored on. Um, so we just, for me, that's probably the primary thing right now is taking taking advantage of our chances. The Newman soccer team is one of two, I guess now three at the university that are not MIAA members. There are a lot of MIAA members that compete with the Jets, but the conference is run 
by the GAC Conference, the Great American Conference. You're going to be seeing some schools that you won't be on some other schedules. A lot of schools from Oklahoma and Arkansas. Give us a sense of the strength of the GAC this year, and who do you think are going to be the top teams to look out for in the GAC this season? Well, there's the four of us that are MIAA, but so you have Fort Hayes, us, um, Roger State and Northeastern State, Oklahoma State, and they're all, all strong programs. All three of those other schools are strong programs. Southern Nazarene won the conference regular season last year, but Fort Hayes won the conference tournament and advanced in the national tournament. Um, Harding and Wachita Baptist are both usually difficult for us. They've, we've, we've split with Wachita Baptist over years, and we've only beat Harding one time so far and tied them once. So they've been difficult teams for us. So I'm, I'm not going to – I think they're all difficult. I think that in NCAA Division Two, the um, – this, the weakest teams are still good enough to beat you on a given sure. day. It's just different. The years in the NAI were in an 18-game schedule. Six games are going to be against really top teams. Six games are going to be difficult. If you, but if you play well, you're going to win. Then six games, you show up and win. Of course. So, but in NCAA, you, you got to be there and fight every single game. Last question for you. Quincy, 2 o'clock on Wednesday will be the kickoff. So as you're watching or listening to this, the Jets will be warming up for this match here uh, at in, here at, in Wichita. And then a road trip out to Colorado, starting with MSU Denver. That'll be a Friday afternoon match. You mentioned that you're kind of treating in your mind these games as being more developmental. Obviously, you want to set up to have a good conference season or be as successful as you can in the conference season. So what adjustments and improvements would you like to see the team make? What further steps do you think they need to take in these next matches to get set for conference play? Well, obviously, we still need to tighten up on defense. We need to eliminate some of those gaps and and get people communicating a little bit better. Um, All 11 players need to be a little bit better playing both sides of the ball. Some of the forwards coming back, tracking back and defending a little bit better. But I think we just need to be better at decision-making going forward, creating creating better goal-scoring chances, getting in between the lines, getting in behind the line where we're putting players in position to score. I think our possession has to have a, a lead to a result a little bit more than it is right now. Coach Brown, the dean of Newman University coaches, year 35. Can you believe uh, – did you think that you'd be here 35 years when you started? I don't know what I thought. I just <laughs> – I was I was looking for a job, and it was a part-time job, and then you have to realize when I took okay. it. Okay. It was, uh, I, I worked for a year and a half for $4,000. Okay. <laughs> so, and then it went full-time. It wasn't much money then either. Of course. But, and added the women's team. So, I started the women's team in 89. Oh, wow. And so, I did them both for 11 years out during that period of time. And uh, I just I just kept coaching. I never really thought about it. I just kept going and going and going. Sure. So. And, and here he still is, fighting the Jets through the Great American Conference. Once again, it is a kickoff in about an hour as you're watching or listening to this. Two o'clock on Wednesday, Great American Conference season starts very, very soon. Thank you so much. We'll have you back in a couple weeks, okay? Thank you. We'll be joined by a junior from Madrid, Spain, Carlos Bellosta Manchon, joins me next on the JetCast. Hi friends, Phil Nightingale, General Manager of Mel Hamilton Ford. It's hard to believe, but Mel Hamilton Ford moved out to the big corner of 119th and West Kellogg 20 years ago. At Mel Hamilton Ford, taking care of customers is our number one priority. As our team continues to grow, we never forget our employees make the difference with our customers. When you're deciding where to purchase a car or have service work done, choose us. I promise you, our experienced team will take great care of you, whatever you need. Mel Hamilton Ford, taking care of customers since 1984. Experience the difference. Thank you. 
getting set here for Newman Jets soccer as you are watching this, as we told you, as you're listening. Jets are getting set to host Quincy this afternoon before a trip out west to Colorado. Carlos Bellosta Manchon is a 5'9 midfielder from Madrid, Spain, joining us on the show here today. Carlos, your first JetCast on our first JetCast of the season. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me here. Uh, first three matches of the season obviously didn't get the result that you guys wanted to get as a team. How do you feel like they have gone as you've opened up your Jet career? Well, I think we've gotten better with every match. I think the last match we lost 3-0, yes, but definitely didn't deserve that score. Um, we've definitely gotten better with the with the games as the wins have gone on. And, well, it's been hard with some injuries and some players not being eligible, but I think we're doing better every game. You had two shots, one shot on goal against Rockhurst. Obviously, you love to find the back of the net every time that you put the shot on goal. Uh, what did you see in those opportunities, and how do you put yourself in position to get more quality looks at the net here this week and as we move forward to the Great American Conference season? Well, I'm playing a bit more defensive now. Usually, gotcha. Okay. usually a bit higher on the pitch, but um, definitely feels good to score. And I think we're trying to we uh, we haven't been that good in the in these games. We've definitely had our chances, but we have to be more precise with our shots. I think we haven't been that good this year, um, at least for now. But still, plenty of season left, though. Yeah, I think um, next game hopefully we can get some more goals in tomorrow. Now I want to know how you got to Newman. So where were you playing at before you came to Newman? I was playing in Madrid. Okay, uh, so you, you were playing overseas. I was playing overseas. Okay. Yeah. This is my third, fourth year, you know, with COVID year. It's kind of kind of weird. But, <laughs> yeah. But I was playing in Madrid in a club um, with an agency. We contacted Coach Brown, and I just – I had different options, but I thought uh, Newman was the best one. So with all of the I, – I feel like this is not a question that typically you have to ask – because typically, you know, you just look and you can say, okay, junior, senior, you know exactly where they are with eligibility. Mm -hmm. Now you kind of need to read through an encyclopedia to figure it out and <laughs> yeah. get, you know, somebody to interpret it for you. How much eligibility do you have left? So I have two years left. Two years, to okay. play, but I'm technically one year away from graduate. So it's kind of weird. It's yeah. two years to play. That's, that's okay. What, what, so uh, how long have you been in the country and had you been in the United States before you came to play? Yeah, I lived with my family um, two years in Miami. I was uh, sixth, uh, seventh grade and eighth grade. I was in Miami, went back to Spain again, and then came here 2019. So how much soccer have you actually gotten to play here in America? Soccer to probably four or five years. I was wonder wanting to ask, in your mind, since you've just come from playing in Europe and now you've gotten a taste of some collegiate action, is there a difference in the style of, of soccer that they play in Europe versus what you're experiencing here in Kansas? For sure. Not even Kansas, all U.S. Just, is way more physical. Back home is a bit more technical, you know, try to play more with the ball, even though we try to, we be, we're pretty technical here. We sure. try to play with the ball, but definitely way more physical. How do you try to adjust to that? Obviously, when you're playing for Coach Brown, as you mentioned, he's trying to run a more technical system. How do you, as a player who is used to playing a style like that, how do you integrate in to a system that is what you're used to, but maybe in the broader context in the games that you're playing in, not quite what you're used to? Definitely your level of fitness has to be super high. So 
think this year I've been I was really good when I came here for preseason which makes a huge difference you have to be really really fit to be able to play at this peak we play so I know that you mentioned that there are some guys who are not available, and I know that one of them is Miguel, your brother, who you guys are hoping, Coach Brown said you, he's hoping that you're going to get him back sooner rather than later. I know that it's got to be killing you guys to not have him on the pitch, but how fun is it for you to kind of be playing collegiate soccer and at least have your brother around and be able to spend that time with him on the field? Well, yeah, it's tough that he's not eligible. Not only him, of course, all the players are not eligible, but I mean, he's my brother, so it makes oh, it a bit different. Um, but, yeah, I think it's tougher for him not being able to play because, you know, he come here with all the energy and trying to be trying to play, and he's listening from me how it is here. So it's definitely tough, but we can't, do really, we can't really do anything. We're just waiting until NCAA clears him. And, yeah, it's definitely weird because I've never played with any of my brothers or we've never played in the same team, never played, not even close to – now, is, is he the older or Mom. younger brother? So we're five siblings. He's the third one. I'm the second one. And okay. we're three years apart. Okay. So you, so you can kind of, you know, sh- I mean, you're the you're the one that should be deferred to, correct? Yeah. Okay. So we'll just leave it at that. Um, in terms of the coaches here at Newman, I would argue that Coach Brown, who you heard from in the first segment, is also the one who gets deferred to. He is the dean of Newman coaches. I don't know if anybody's told you that. Over 30 years here, I believe this is year 35 at Newman. What's it like playing for Coach Brown? I really like it. I mean, you, of course, have to get used to it at first. It's different from what we're used to, not only Coach Brown, but the U.S. in general, really physical. But I think it wasn't that hard of a change because since he tries to play, we try to possess more. I think I was, with my style of play, we really got, like, it was a good experience, like, it's a good adjustment to me. It was easy because I'm pretty technical and he likes technical players. So I think it was pretty – it's easy to play for him. Is this the first time that you've been in what we would call the Midwest and how do you like Wichita, Kansas? It was my first time, yeah, when I came here to the 19th first time. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to think. I was just – thinking about experiencing something else different than Florida. Sure, sure. It's definitely different than Florida. <laughs> I bet. But I really like it. I really like Wichita. Awesome. I really like Kansas. What are you studying? I'm doing marketing and management. Okay. Well, there's plenty of money and opportunities in that. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm going to wrap you up on a soccer question. You've got a couple more matches here. As we mentioned, Quincy is going to be kicking off at 2 o'clock as you're watching or listening to this. They're probably already on the pitch out there at the soccer field getting warmed up. And the kickoff will be at 2 o'clock. And then a trip out west, Metro State Denver, among some other opponents coming up this weekend. And then it's not going to be too long. I think it might be a road trip to Fort Hayes State, possibly. It's going to be the great American Conference opener. So from you, a player's perspective, what do you and the Jets need to do on this home game and this last road trip to get some momentum so that you're playing your best soccer once it's GAC once GAC play starts here in in very short time here in less than two weeks? Yeah, well, probably the most important game we have right now is the next game. Of course. Uh, we have to try to switch the momentum going to from a negative to a positive. Even though negative results not re- not really are playing, uh, we definitely, if we get a good result tomorrow, then I think we'll be getting good results in Colorado and probably going to Fort Hayes with a positive mentality and a we could, I think we can get a good score there. I think or I'm I'm pretty excited about the games. Colorado, 
Super fun trip, but we still have to win. It should be some decent weather out there as well. Carlos Bellosta Manchon, Jr. from Spain. The Jets traveling to Colorado. They've got Quincy today here in Wichita. Thanks so much for the time. Thank you. We will wrap up the show with Joanna Pryor. And, boy, I don't know if there has been quite as busy of a summer as Newman has ever had other than this summer. We'll talk to her about it next here on the Jack Test. The Newman Jets are now full members of the MIAA. Now we need your full support. Help the Jets soar by joining the Aviator Club, Newman's premier level of athletic support. Your assistance directly impacts student-athletes and can be designated for facilities, uniforms, media coverage, or your favorite team. Receive exclusive benefits and support the Navy in Red at NewmanJets.com slash Aviator Club. That's NewmanJets.com slash Aviator Club. Or call 316-942-4291 and ask for athletics. Wrapping up our first show of the year here on the JetCast. And I, I think I told Joanna Pryor, who is starting year number four as the athletic director of Newman University. I think I could probably have filled this show and probably an entire another half an hour just talking to her. Now, I think that she's glad that I chose to not do that, but we are certainly excited to talk about all of the happenings from the offseason here on the JetCast as we get started for season number four. Thank you so much for being here. Happy to do it. Well, starting your fourth year, what does it feel like as, you know, you get kind of your second regular real feeling year with, I, after all the craziness to start? Yes, I believe this is the second normal, whatever that means. Mostly, yeah, year. whatever that is to, yes. in these days. Yeah. You had, I think I called it maybe the busiest summer in in maybe Newman Athletics. Uh, there was so much stuff that happened this summer for you guys in the department, changing some personnel around, and then obviously all the normal stuff that you have to do in the summer. Did you get time for any time off in the summer? No. <laughs> that, that sounds <laughs> I tried last weekend, but it didn't work either. <laughs> that sounds rotten. <laughs> it's okay. How do, you, how do you keep yourself going? Because people, you know, I, I think people do realize to a certain extent, but for a lot of these coaches, and there are, you know, the basketball coaches, the – you know, baseball coaches, football, where there is that there is time in the year. But Coach Allen's told me several times, you better be ready to answer that phone 52 weeks out of the year. Mm -hmm. And athletics, just because there are not kids here and there are no games, there's always something to do, isn't mm -hmm. there? Absolutely. Every summer I, I enter the summer with a list of projects. So I'm going to do these five things. And Sometimes I can do some of them, sure. but I always explain to people that it's just a different kind of busy. So you're still busy just because the kids are gone. Doesn't mean that there's nothing happening. It's just, you shift into a different busyness. Well, the first thing that you were busy with, of course, was the jet open and we, you know, coach Ealing when he was here and we'll get to him in just a second. It said, you know, growth year over year. So obviously had to be very excited about that. Absolutely. No, we had a great turnout. Uh, we had uh, 144 golfers, I believe wow. it was. And um, good, you know, returning sponsors that we have had that are very loyal to us. Um, we had a few new sponsors and, um, you know, it was a beautiful day until about 1 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, the, the afternoon tea times got hammered a little bit by the Kansas heat. Um, I, I did want to ask about Coach Ealing, who had been the baseball coach here for a number of years. 
transitioned. You, you, you pulled a Joe with him. You mm-hmm. hired him out of his coaching role, just like Vic did with you from the volleyball program and installed him as a new position, associate athletic director of external operations. He's taken a job at Wichita State. Um, how did you kind of say thank you to him for everything that he's done, obviously? I know that he's still going to be a really big part and, and supporter of Newman Athletics moving forward, but it'll obviously be in a different way. But um, he was obviously kind of critical and, and instrumental in your new regime when you took over uh, as athletic director in 2019. Yeah. So Zane was, um, was really good for me, especially in the beginning where um, – you know, he was like my reminder. Hey, come, you, did you do this? Did you do this? Because yeah. I, w- I mean, I could get swamped. Sure. I mean, I can still get swamped. I think I just handle it differently now. Um, but Zane was able to take anything that you gave him and figure it out. So, you know, if it was fundraising, if it was graphics, if it was, um, it didn't, scholarships, it didn't matter what it was, he'd figure out a way to get it done, and it would be good. Um, So I I think that kind of leads into probably maybe your next question about... It probably will be, because there are, you know, three other people that are going to be transitioning to different roles, and of course, Zach Brake is going to stay with his same title, but move to a slightly different responsibilities he's been the assistant athletic director for uh communications and marketing and he'll still be doing that but he won't be doing the day-to-day sports information director type responsibilities Uh, he'll be doing more on the marketing more on the branding and also focusing on event management and the game day experience Uh, how excited are you to have zach i know that you guys were really excited to be able to get him on short notice last year Mm -hmm. as sports information director and now on short notice he'll be transitioning into a new role here for 2022 yeah so a lot of what he was doing previously was just the communication part now we are adding a lot more of the marketing piece and the promotion piece as well so um, you know working with some of our partners in the community uh, sponsoring some games doing different um, activities during the games getting the crowd involved um, sending out communications that come from athletics through our fundraising and a lot of that so um, so he'll be working with the person that we'll talk about probably next that will be doing a lot of the fundraising piece. Who is the person? Well, the next person I have on my list is the oh. person sitting behind the camera, Mr. Oh. Jordan Cooterer, the sports information director who came in. And again, it's eerily similar how he started and how Zach started. Um, an opening was available. Jordan obviously qualified coming in, was planning to be a GA this year, and obviously moving into a much different role. And certainly just like Zach, uh, kind of being thrown in the fire. But as Zach told me when I had him on the show, and he may not know this yet, but Jordan will be on this side of the camera at some point this year. Mm-hmm. He fist pumped. Zach was not quite <laughs> as excited when he got that news. I think he was still <laughs> excited. But um, Zach said that was one of the best ways to learn. How excited are you to have uh, Mr. Kuderer? As part of your staff now. Well, I you might ask him about his uh, comedy tour as well. Okay, so he could probably throw I'll put that some in the memory in there. bank. Sure. Um, no, we're excited. I mean, it is um, 
it, it is kind of baptism by fire sometimes for sports information directors. I think the good thing that Jordan has is he did know Zach previously, so they have a good relationship where, you know, they can be very honest and open with each other, and Zach's there and has been through it for a couple of years now. One is the GA and, and the second as, as full-time. So um, they have each other to lean on, and they can get it figured out. They share an office suite, so – it's They'll probably suite. get real sick of each other. Sure. I've spent a lot of time up there on that office suite, to be sure. And then a, a, another kind of a different role and a different situation, a guy who's been here for a very, very long time but is going to have new responsibilities probably for the first time in a long time, Billy Murphy, who has been the director of bowling. He'll be entering his 20th year as the director of bowling, coaching the men and the women here at Newman University. And there's an entire segment to be done on just the changes in the bowling program, and we'll get to that with him in a little bit, but he's also going to become the Director of Athletic Advancement for Newman University Athletics, which is a new position. What do you, how did this come about? Obviously, I think, you know, you couldn't have picked a better guy than, than Coach Murphy to do this, but how did you get the idea that Coach Murphy might be a good fit for this? How did it all come about? So one thing that I will miss about Zane is um, – he had a lot of conversations with a lot of coaches about a lot of different things. And then that information then would come to me when sure. he felt it was necessary. So we actually had conversations about how could we restructure this? Because my concern was to find one individual that could do all of the things that Zane did would be very hard. Sure. Um, you know, give him a big head. I'm sure he's feeling <laughs> yeah, great, great about himself. But um, so then, you know, we were thinking, how do we get creative and figure out how to um, split up the duties to where it would make sense for everybody? Um, when it comes to the fundraising side and Billy, 20 years, I didn't realize he'd been here for 20 years. Yes, yes, he um, has. We're all been here a while. We've all been here a while um, now. So with Billy, I think one of the things that I really wanted out of that position is whoever's going to be doing the, the advancement piece needs to be here for a while, you know, because you build those relationships. And oh, then sure. if you leave, um, you know, you've got somebody new coming in to build all of those relationships back up. So I think um, I think Billy's going to do a great job. He's pretty pumped up. He's already moving and shaking, and he's like, um, we need to do this, do this. Okay, you know, don't ask, just do. Just do, okay. <laughs> I love it. Well, and a lot of people, you know, will look at athletics and, you know, they – don't necessarily see how the gravy gets made, so to speak. And there is a lot that goes into it, and a lot of it costs money. And mm -hmm. some of that has to come from, obviously, you guys generate a certain percentage of money from ticket sales and selling T-shirts and ujetskier.com if you're looking for that, uh, for, for some new some new stuff here. Uh, you can get that on the new store, uh, you know, but concessions. But also, just like every department in, doesn't matter if it's the Big 12, the MIAA, or the Great Plains Athletic Conference, or Cowley County Community College, a lot of that is going to come from donors and sponsors. And so there is a big need, not just at Newman, but all across the country, that, you know, you're trying to raise money for your athletic department and also spread awareness for your athletic department. So yep. how important are those roles and and how do you see Coach Murphy and Coach uh, and, and Zach Brake kind of filling in that need for Newman to help you guys be able to compete in the MIAA? Yeah. So I think if you think about either two of those individuals, they're both very easy to work with. So um, they have to work with each other. And um, there's going to be a lot of that. Now, Billy's role is going to be a lot of the Jet Open. It's going to be a lot of our Aviator Club. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we do a, a platform called E-Team Sponsor, and it's for each team to raise money for their team. Um, a great way to follow up on that is to follow your favorite team on Twitter, which for most of the teams, it's going to be Newman Jets MBB or Newman Jets VB for volleyball. So if you want to get, you know, keep up to date on a lot of that, they do a ton of that stuff on Facebook and Twitter. So that'd be a good way to follow along. Yeah. So Billy's going to be watching all of that money and, um, and just facilitating all of those different platforms and, um, and looking for new sponsors, new, new aviator club members, whether that's, um, parents, alumni, friends of the university, whoever it might be. And then, of course, the Jet Open as well. One other thing that happened, and, and honestly, it seems like we've talked about probably just a full summer already, but, oh, yeah, the Newman Jets are now full members of the MIAA. That was a big deal. I'm wondering how this is going to look for fans and coaches and for you guys. I'm guessing for fans and coaches – probably not going to feel that much different because they've been in the rigors of competition. You know, they've been treated as full members of the MIAA. They've been eligible for MIAA championships. So can you talk about what difference fans, coaches, and players might notice? And what difference is it going to be for you and the administration to be a full member instead of an associate member uh, in the MIAA after you and Roger State both got voted in and accepted this summer? Sure. So I think the the biggest group that is not going to see much change is the fans. I do think the coaches have had a bit of a change. I know um, for our athletic department, it's kind of a sigh of relief. You know, when I got the phone call, this was my reaction. <laughs> like I mean, for real, I really did that. Sure. I couldn't believe I did that. I, I wish I would have videoed myself or something, but um, it was, it was a real sigh of relief because when you're out there recruiting and people say, you know, if we're, if we're both recruiting the same one and we're different schools, well, they're not even full members. So they don't even know where they're going. Sure. Right. So now we have a direction. So I think the coaches feel that sense of relief in the recruiting process. Um, and for the institution and myself, we have a vote now. Um, we have a home, and it's nice to have a home, uh, and it's nice to be able to give our opinions and um, and be able to vote on, on different things that affect our student-athletes. That was something that you and Roger State were not able to do as affiliate members Correct. or associate members, I should say. Yes. Another thing that's happening is the Newman Strategic Plan. You're on one of the committees. You've been given a lot of uh, – you've been giving, I should say, a lot of feedback as part of the president's cabinet. This is something that is in the exploratory stages right now, but Newman Athletics is a part of it. It's in the tier two part of it. And I know that the focus for this part of the strategic plan is Sacred Heart Hall and some outdoor facilities for Newman. Talk about where that strategic plan is, because anything that affects the campus as a whole, obviously is going to affect you guys. And obviously you've identified some needs for your, mainly your outdoor sports that could be addressed as part of this plan. Sure. So um, in that plan right now, through our advancement, the, uh, the uh, institutional advancement, um, they're looking at starting in October, a feasibility study. Mm -hmm. So the feasibility study will show us how much money we have the potential of raising for an athletics project. Um, and then, you know, from there, then we have to decide, you know, what is the most important. And, and I, it's really no secret that um, our outdoor sports need some love. And their facilities definitely need some upgrading. So, um, you know, we're looking at minimal turf 
for baseball, softball, soccer. Um, the next, you know, depending on how much money we have to spend and play with, winning the lottery would be great. <laughs> hey, if any uh, Jed fans out there would like to do that, we would love to ease your tax burden. Just I've, let us know. I've been, I've been buying tickets. <laughs> sure. Um, but uh, would be to get water, you know, to get some water out there and, and look at an indoor facility if possible. And maybe it's something where we start with, um, you know, a restroom facility, concession facility that we can add on at some point, you know, to have tur- to have the whole deal, right? The whole meal deal, the turf, the weight room, you know, locker rooms, all of that stuff. Well, Coach Ealing and I, we have made a pact that if we win the Mega Millions, we're going to make it happen. So, oh. it, so you've got two two of your take two of the winning tickets will be going there. So that that'll be great. Don't hold your breath for that. But I know one thing that you are holding your breath for. As a former Newman Jets volleyball coach, uh, we've got Newman Jets volleyball on the Newman Jets audio network. Every home match will be on the network at newmanjets.com slash listen. And just in terms of kind of getting you up to date on fall sports, um, boy, a 5-3 and three start for the volleyball team has to have you very, very excited uh, for your new first-year head coach, Compton, who we'll be talking to next week on the program. Good. Awesome. She's great. Um, very excited. It's, I, I follow all of our teams when they're not at home, and so I'm constantly on, um, on our app. Mm-hmm. Of course. And I'm, I'm checking the stats, and, and I tried to get into video one night, and I said, oh, man, all of our um, uh, subscriptions have, are taken. Sure. So I don't know who was watching, but <laughs> you better get logged off so that I can watch some too. <laughs> That's right. However, when I do watch, it makes me really nervous. So I, I almost would rather watch the stats. Sure. Because I feel like it's more controlled for whatever reason. <laughs> it makes zero sense, but it's okay. Now, this last weekend when they were at Missouri Southern, they didn't have stats for several of the games. Yes. That was very, very hard on me. Um, and thank God. It had to be God, refreshing on Twitter. Oh, my gosh. Well, and even – well, we had a group chat going. So Noah, Noah Rogers, who is our assistant athletic trainer, yes. was there. He was giving us all the information so that Jordan could then tweet it. Okay. So I had it before the tweet. Oh, but, okay. Um, no, Inside it's, information. Yeah. It's very exciting. And, and they had a lot to build on from last year, too. You know, they had a good season. Um, I, I know they wish they would have finished better, but I think the way that they've started and, and it's given them the ability to see what they can do and, um, you know, not get discouraged, but then build on that. And if you've seen any of the matches or followed them, um, they've come back. Yes, they have. And and to finish. And there's a lot to be said about that. Final question for you. We've already covered so much. What's next for you? I mean, obviously now we're kind of in the grind and you know Mm -hmm. what that's like. But uh, what's next for you as athletic director? What's the next thing that you're working on? You mentioned there's always something. Yes, there is always something. Um, I like to call myself the problem solver. (laughs) She is. But, um, no, I think just going to all of our games. You know, the calendar's really filled up. And it was crazy how all of a sudden you have nothing and then you have everything all at once. Um, But I'm looking forward to, obviously, the feasibility study to see where we're at and see what we can do in the future for athletics. I think it's a must, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not necessarily the arms race where we're trying to keep up with everybody else. I think we're just trying to find what helps our student athletes the most, what makes their experience here the best that it can be. And so um, that's what I'm excited about and just, you know, 
it's like time can't go fast enough, but then all of a sudden time's gone really fast. Sure. So, um, you know, just keep getting older. Joanna Pryor in her fourth year, and I'm sure we'll be talking about year five here before you know it. Oh, it goes real fast. It does. We'll have you on again. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, Blake. And we'll be back with you again next week talking Newman Jets volleyball. The Jets in action three matches this week, Friday and Saturday. They open up MIAA play. You can hear those games, newmanjets.com slash listen, 6 o'clock on Friday, and then a 1 o'clock first serve on Saturday as the Jets open up MIAA play right here in Wichita against Pittsburgh State and Missouri Southern. So we'll see you then. Until next time, Blake Cripps in Wichita saying, Go Jets.